Hey everyone, Quincy here. Wanted to say thank you for catching this replay of the hashtag Ask a Soccer Pro show on your audio platform of choice. You can re-listen to this episode and all our other interviews, episodes, and audio shows over at perfectsoccerskills.com slash radio. That's perfectsoccerskills.com slash R-A-D-I-O. You can also learn more and enter to win free weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash PSTM. That's perfectsoccerskills.com slash PSTM to enter to win for free today. Thanks again and enjoy today's episode. What up, guys? Yeah, I just did, I went live and it didn't seem like anything was coming in, so I couldn't hear anything, couldn't see anybody. Uh, So I reset it, restarted it. Yeah, it wasn't working. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, the lion. Yeah, lion. You're the only one in the live. I was like, I don't know what's going on. Jeffrey, welcome to the live. Uh, man in Red Daily, K9 Ampton, what's up? Uh, yeah, K9 Ampton, man, Instagram, don't want you to give this MSLS right. They weren't, they're not ready for the, they're not ready for the level of mental strength we're pumping into the ecosystem. So they had to get stuff sorted out. Did I get a tan? I mean, I'm looking kind of crisp, right? There was a little bit of sun today been cold the last couple weeks but happy happy to get that um yeah jeffrey yeah i was like i think this isn't working properly uh ismail morocco yo that's the first morocco shout ismail welcome from morocco happy to have you We're spreading the msl globally guys uh ronald uh ronald welcome manuel what's going on um a dot nunez what's up uh, the Lion, Dan asks, how's DC? DC is, is good, man. I'm getting getting settled in. I think we found a place. I think we found a place that we'll be moving into. So hopefully in the next week, I won't be in the hotel still, which is always not great. Um, hey, can you be the DC United? Uh, I'll talk to the DC United uh, social media and see if we could get, get you unblocked, but I can't make any promises. I'm not sure what you did to, to make them angry. Raphael, welcome to the call. Prophet, prophetic human welcome to the call what's up guys um dad dad ja underscore two welcome welcome yes exactly ismail first one from rocco i need you to start recruiting the rest of the people out there start 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 your msl league and we can get this thing going this will be great uh jack welcome to the call what up what up what up guys gals everyone here in the states international all over the world. We're going, we're going international. I want to welcome everybody to another episode of the Ask a Soccer Pro Show. And I had to look it up because I'm having to look it up all the time now. Episode, this helps Katie because she does this. 17. We're on the Ask a Soccer Pro Show, episode 17. I got a little write-up for you guys. I got a little, a little typey typed up. Uh, a little synopsis of this show for those of you who are joining for the first time or catching the, the Instagram re- replay. I know a lot of you guys were catching the replay in the Ask a Soccer Pro show. 11-year MLS veteran Quincy Maracois. That is me, right? Breaks down the MSL, the Mental Strength League. An ongoing game that I believe everyone, conscious or unconscious, is a participant in right this is a philosophy and f- mindset that i've developed refined and implemented over the course of my life with the attributes to find success in my personal business team and soccer endeavors this resulted in the creation of the americois process a seven-step process i refer to when tackling any endeavor or meeting any new temporary obstacle guys you know what it is last week we went over 
step one of the AmeriCorps process, uh, which was self-honesty. We really broke down what that means, being true to yourself. And if you not know or you don't know how to do that, we walk through how to go about doing that. So if you didn't, if you didn't catch that, make sure you watch last week's replay. Uh, we uh, we upload everything over to the Perfect Soccer account. But this week, step two of the AmeriCorps process is self-initiative, guys. And that's going to be the theme of today when we go deep. I'm getting organized with all this. You can even tell on my personal account, I submitted, sent in for questions so I can keep up on the live feed. I know, yo, what up, Andy? Welcome to the live. Espinoza FC, welcome for joining. Um, C, C Elizabeth, happy to have you. Welcome to the call. Um, what was I talking about? I forgot. Oh, I said I was getting organized because I'm not able to keep up with the feed or most of the time I'm always scrolling back because you guys are having some great conversations going back and forth. As uh, some of you who are just joining for the first time know, we've got an awesome community here of individuals that are helping each other uh, share our personal experiences so we can get better. And what, what kind of brings us together is a beautiful game of soccer or football for my international, international, international fans and followers. So I'm getting locked in and dialed in on the live. So here we go. I go over on my personal account and I ask questions for the live and then I'll pull the questions from my personal account so I can stay up to date with you guys and chime in on the live because that's pretty much the most fun about the live, you know, jumping in back and forth and all that. So guys, like I said, um, our goal here at Perfect Soccer is to create 10 million self-sufficient, goal-oriented, focused individuals. And the way in which we are going about doing that is teaching you guys the process that I used and developed and implemented over the course of my now 11 year career to get here in this game. And uh, these are the skills, drills, and tactics I've learned over a long duration of time, many, many conversations, and I'm uh, breaking them down in a way that I can share with you so you can implement in your own lives so you can get to whatever it is you define as success for yourself. So last week, step one was self-honesty. This week, step two is self-initiative. And here's a little kind of breakdown of what self-initiative means to me and uh, why I think it's necessary in developing self-awareness. So I've got the three steps of self-awareness. Step one, self-honesty. Step two, self-initiative. And self-initiative in one word is action, right? After asking yourself what you want to or need to improve and honestly coming to a decision that a need to change or grow is required and necessary, you must then commit to taking the self-initiative required to execute. Self-honesty has no power without action, and that is what self-initiative is meant to do, to take action on what you've come to the conclusion of through your practice of self-honesty, right? So self-honesty, self-reflection, understanding where you are is very important, but after, you, after you're doing that, um, if you're not taking any action, what is the point? Guys, what is the point? And that's what we're talking about here. Mr. Water Blaster, welcome to the live uh Ruben, Ruben, welcome. Katie, welcome to the live. All right, guys. So the theme of today is self-initiative. You now have a breakdown of, you know, a little bit of what self-initiative is. And, um, you know me, I uh, kind of like just seeing where things get going. And then we, we take it we take it from there. Um, Ruben said, I get to return to soccer in two weeks after my ACL injury. What should I work on? Well, Ruben... I, if you guys didn't know, I've tore my ACL, LCL, bicep, femoris, 
Poplidius tended an IT band like two years ago. So just got back a little over a year ago to it. And the most important thing is making sure you're doing your rehab um, and making sure you're not rushing back too early. It's always better, at least from especially from a serious injury perspective, to come back a week or two weeks too late two a week or two weeks late than a week or two weeks early because like I like we discuss a lot everything that we're doing is an investment of our time and it's risk reward ratio um, is the risk worth the reward and for me after a major injury like an ACL injury let's say six months is the date that you can return coming back in six months and two weeks to be certain that you're okay and you're not gonna have uh, any setbacks or major injuries or you know mess up what you've got progress on is much better than being too antsy and anxious and coming back I know like you know let's say the average return to ACL is six months and some guys want to get back super quick so they're back in like five and a half months um, or five months I don't think I don't think you're setting yourself up for long-term success doing that I understand why players do that I understand why you feel you may need to do that but for me the most important thing is not rushing back too quickly from injury and then um, Taking your, taking your physical therapy or rehab very serious. Frank, Frank Do, welcome. Faramez, Faramez, welcome. F A C U N D O dot C. Hello, welcome to the live. All right, so let's see. Yo. There we go. Uh, Griff. Yo, shout out Griffin. Uh, he's going to be joining the live. So he'll be joining the live. Yo, shout out Griffin. If you guys are following Griffin and I, uh, Griffin and I have had some great conversations since I've been here already with DC. So good, good kid. Uh, shout out him and give him a follow if you guys aren't ready. He's a talented young player. I think he's going to, I think he's going to do big things. Um, let's see what we got here. So guys, you know, I'm making it easier for me to get the questions. There we go. Questions from, so what's great is I got all you guys' questions organized here. So it keeps it, keeps it, um, more simple so I can keep up on the live. And then if you got questions, um, make sure you send them in on my personal account. I'm more likely to see that than when they're flying through the live because everyone's helping each other and talking a lot, which is great. Um, and I want to continue to encourage. Um, if someone, oh, guys, a lot of things that we talk about, pretty much everything we talk about is uh, rooted from our book, The Perfect Soccer Player Blueprint, Master Nine Keys to Soccer Success. So if you go to perfectsoccerskills.com slash book, get the book, download the book. Guess what? It's free. Go through it. Join our private Facebook community. Not only do we get, um, not only do you get some awesome just MSL training over there, you also get access to us to get your questions answered. Um, when you have them after you go through a book. So, um, yeah. Thank you very much for that. Pin comment. We're rocking and rolling with live now. Uh, Manuel asked, Quincy, what is your nationality? I am, uh, I am Nigerian, so I'm Igbo. I am Native American. I believe it's Chippewa is cor correct. I have to reconfirm with my mom. I'm pretty sure it's Chippewa and then um, German. So, uh, my grandfather grew up on a, on a, on an Indian reservation, my, my grandmother is German. Uh, sorry, my grandfather grew up on an Indian reservation. My grandmother is German. 
so that's my mom and then my dad was born in Nigeria and um, my dad was born in Nigeria so that made me so I have my US citizenship obviously because I was born in California but I also have my Nigerian citizenship Um, Canine Ampton asked, asked, uh, who is the, who's the coach mentor or teammate who, who you have learned the most from and what was the biggest lessons you learned from them? Um, Canine, uh, I guess I could say my, my process has been pretty unique in the sense that I haven't had any, like, I haven't had any soccer coach that I've, that I've, um, had in terms of like mentorship from the game. Um, over the course of my career like I've had coaches and I've had coaches that I've liked and I've had coaches that I've you know had good relationships with but um, I've been I was thinking about that more thinking about that more so so first I didn't have one which was for me now that I look back I'm really gl glad I didn't uh, because I had to figure out I had to figure it out myself there was no one coming to help me or save me which forced me to be very creative it forced me to take risks it forced me to um, test my own ideas and stick to what I believe in. So I wouldn't change that. Having looked at all the work it took and everything I did to like get here and to do this, um, having a mentor or a coach would have made the process much easier and streamlined. But someone's got to go through it to learn how to be a mentor in the first place. So um, I'm okay with that. So never mind. But that's a good question. I think I've talked about it before. I definitely didn't make <clears throat> my job easier on me, especially with how like I approached my career and uh, my willingness to share uh, my willingness to share my thoughts, even when or if I don't believe you care to hear them. Um, that was probably the thing that um, hurt me, but helped me the most. So there's good and bad. Obviously, like we talk, like at least for me, good and bad is subjective. So it's depending on the perspective you choose to take. And you guys know me, I'm a futurist, futuristic optimist. That's what I at least call it. Um, where, where from bad can come good. It depends on how you're going to use that as motivation or use it as a tool to learn. Yo, what up, Griff? Griff joined the live. Like he said, Griff, I gave you a shout out earlier, man. Welcome. Welcome to the call. Happy to have you. Um, Griff begin that that uh, the personal MSL training at, at practice when we're warming up every day and uh, playing together. So that's always fun. Uh, what was I saying? Yeah, guys, so just positivity, looking at the optimistic side of stuff, finding the one reason why you will instead of the million reason why you don't. Uh, because I don't think you're... Uh, so don't think you're bad because you're short. Look at Messi. Someone has better than Messi. Why not you? Think like that. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm assuming you respond to someone in the comments. Shout out memes. I appreciate that. Uh, Nathan, yes, I got some advice. Be more specific with your question. Griff knows. Talk to Griff about this. The quality of your life is directly correlated to the quality of the questions you ask. So get more specific with your question. Oh, that gives me a good one to kind of go into in terms of taking self-initiative, guys. So Griff and myself and a few other guys on the team were sitting at, after training, might have been a day or two ago, 
and uh, was talking about the fact a lot of guys, a lot of people think that I tend to go very deep with my questions or I get straight to like in-depth conversations. And I was talking to my wife about that and what I am bad at, right, is not understanding what is considered too deep level of a question or with other people. I don't, I don't particularly enjoy surface level conversations. So to me, a normal conversation is a quote unquote deep conversation. So I think Griff, you had, Griff had asked me why I do that. And uh, when I thought about it, it's really a matter of with the information age that we are currently a part of and the access to technology at our fingertips, uh, a majority of things, if you take self-initiative on, you can find the answer to yourself. You don't have to ask someone else. And if you really think about that, that's, that's amazing. You can get an answer faster on your own than you can reaching out to someone and asking for an answer, which the only way you used to be able to get the answer was to ask someone else or to find it, like go to a local library, physically find the book, look it out, pay attention. And at that time, um, because of that, you valued the information more because you actually had to put in work to get the information. For me, the world as I see it now is you no longer have to work to get information. So because of that, you don't believe it's valuable. And because you don't believe it's valuable, you don't take self-initiative. And if you don't take self-initiative, you'll stay where you are. And you won't realize you stayed where you are until enough time has passed for you, to, for you to look at where you are in relation to where other people may have gotten that you realize that you're behind. And guess what, guys? We're playing a time game. We're playing a time game. And it's those who figure that out sooner, who give themselves more time to take the self-initiative to get themselves where they want to go. So where are you now in your mind? What environment are you currently in? Good, bad, or indifferent? And what is the environment or world you want to be a part of? What is it that you see and want to see for yourself in your future? Get that clear. Get that clear in your mind. Write it down. And yeah, write it down. I don't know what's so difficult about writing this down and just doing this. Um, maybe because it forces you. Maybe because it forces you to get clear on what you actually want. And most people don't know what they want. So that's why they're scared to write it down. That would be my guess or could be something else, but maybe if that's you, right? Well, then that small fear is preventing you from taking small action, and because those small actions over time aren't adding up, they're, they're adding up on the negative side. And we've talked about this before, uh, linear versus exponential growth, goal setting, goal achieving, or failure. It's all the result of multiple action or inaction over a long duration of time, and then the world you live in, the the worldview you adopt and you you uh, actively participate in is the world that you uh, kind of project into your existence, right? Or at least that's the best way that I can describe it. Um, Jordan, when you talked about exponential growth, you mentioned it takes time to see results. How do you know if you're doing the right things when you don't see the results right away? It's a good question, Jordan. And this is, like this now comes down to like the philosophical point of like, how it really comes down to which philosophy you choose to adopt as the cornerstone of your operating system. What does that even mean? Okay, it really means 
you have to have a basis for building from somewhere. And before you can get started, no matter what you do, you have to have faith in whatever it is you're participating in. Now, uh, if you're a extremely religious person, you can say, yes, I understand the concept of faith. It's believing in something that I may not have any evidence to be true yet, but I'm dedicated and committed to uh, acting out these actions or this lifestyle because of it. Right. And then there's the other side of people who are not religious or not spiritual or whatever you want to categorize that as in saying it's dumb to have faith, um, to have faith in something. And then there's like the spectrum in between and where I operate or at least where I like to think first is I like to think in the extremes on both sides because life is somewhere in the middle, right? Sometimes it's right. Sometimes it's left. Sometimes it's center. Sometimes it's in the extremes, but it's at the extremes where we have conversations and discussions which is another thing that we could get into in terms of like why people believe things to be much better than they are or believe them to be much worse than they are, mainly because we're only really discussing on the extremes. Uh, but I'll, I'll table that. Um, I want to tie that back to, let me find where I was again, um, on the extremes. Oh man, sorry guys, I've been running at 100 miles a day an hour today. So um, I had many, many, many conversations. So I'm making sure I'm not blending all of them to all over the place. So let me think for a second. You've got Ah, okay. So in terms of on the faith aspect, for me, I for me, I'm looking at it like, I don't want to have blind faith. So you want to have some type of evidence-based faith, at least when starting out. So there's going to be reasons why you're going to choose to have faith in this system versus another system, as opposed to being blindly faithful to the first system that you possibly see, right? Like soccer may be your, your most favorite sport in the world. It might be the one that you love more than anything. But if that's the first sport you were ever introduced to and you never were introduced to any other sports, how can we really say that that is your favorite sport and that's the one that you love above all else? It really would take you being exposed to all other sports to fully have a true appreciation for how much you love soccer as a sport and why you love soccer as a sport. So you're really saying you have to get experience. You have to make mistakes. You have to try things beyond or outside of your comfort zone. And that's where I'm talking about in terms of your operating system. So um, there needs to be some base level reason or faith that's big enough as a why for why you're going to choose this way of thinking or doing this method or whatever it is you're, you're going to be partaking in. Because in order to do so, you have to invest your time into it. The most important thing is saying, and why I discuss the process versus the destination, is because for me, the best strategy I was I I felt for me from a younger age was I I want to I'm going to I'm going to approach with a philosophy that as a result of do of living this philosophy and executing on this philosophy, good things will come of it, as opposed to only adopting this philosophy and only applying this to my life because I want a good thing or I want something to happen to me. So let me give a, a, like an example of, of that. Like, I think it will be harder to become a pro soccer player if you only 
if that is the only reason why you want to be a pro soccer player, right? Like just because you want to be a pro, as opposed to saying, I like soccer and my approach is I will always give 100% of my mental focus and energy and effort to whatever it is I can do on every day to become better than I was yesterday at soccer. That's a much more specific philosophy that one is attainable and doable because everything, uh, your effort is in your control and what you do or don't do is within your control. So that's a goal that you can meet and you can execute on every single day. And believing and having faith that doing that every single day over a long period of time with consistency, good things will come of it, I believe is a reasonable, even if you're on either side of the spectrum in terms of like a skeptic to spirituality or whatever, or a, a devout religious person, I think that's a it's a reasonable uh, method or operating system to navigate with at least for 10 years, right? Let's say if you're going to live to be 99, 90, 180, you know, one eighth of that your your is your first is your testing phase of okay, I'm going to show up every single day dedicated to being the best version of me and doing the best that I possibly can for what I'm doing in this moment because I want to do this not because I want to be a pro I think navigating that way gets you to a level where becoming a pro player becomes an option it's it's a milestone on your journey on your process it's not the destination because I think some many people do get to the level of being a pro soccer player because that is their sole focus and their sole goal like you'll hear the guys like I've dreamed of being a pro soccer player since I was three years old. I watch all these people on TV. I knew this is what I want to do, and that's why they could get up motivated and and dedicated to being a pro and uh, and doing all the work necessary to become a pro, which is amazing and it's awesome. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, what I look at though is I say, okay, no matter how good you are and how well you take care of your body, eventually your pro career will end. Hopefully not until 35, 40 years old, maybe even longer with how, you know, good medicine and all that kind of stuff is going. But let's just say on average, it's like 30. So if the only thing you've ever wanted to do, the only thing you ever planned for, and the only thing you ever focused on and all of that was just to be a pro soccer player and you make it and then you play till you're 30 and now you're not anymore. What, what do you do then? How, how do you navigate life? What is it that you're passionate about outside of this game? And I, th I think a lot of guys struggle to, guys and girls, right? I, I tend to say guys a lot, uh, but I, I'm talking about everybody. It's, it's not until after it's no longer who you are or it's, you've, you've wrapped your identity up in, in this. Yo, we had, what up? Welcome to the MSL, bro. Thomas, welcome to the live. Meg, Meg happy to have you. Um, Right, so your identity as being a player because this is what you all you want to do in 30, now all of a sudden your career's over. Okay, you can't be a pro soccer player anymore. You're now an ex-pro soccer player. And um, if you didn't think about or do anything, you can't make that transition, which has to happen. One day your career will be over. So the philosophy that I just had spoke to you is like showing up, 
Because you love soccer, you'll give it 100% of your mental effort and focus every day, and your goal is to beat who you were yesterday. In soccer, well, if you take that same philosophy and approach out off when you're off the soccer field, so when I'm on the soccer field, this is my focus, this is my goal, this is what I'm going to do. And when I'm off the soccer field, I'm going to find out what else I'm passionate about, what I want to do, and what how I want to navigate and operate. If you take that same philosophy and apply it to each aspect of your life, over the course of time, professional soccer can and most likely would become an option to you. But you also have more options as a pro soccer player because you know you have other options outside of it. So it allows you to navigate with much more freedom. It allows you to be much more nimble and to make the make the short-term sacrifices that are necessary to stick around in this game for a long time. So there's a whole there's a whole there's a whole lot that goes into it, guys. Um, which is why I've, I'm doing the best that I can to break down these like concepts and ideas and things I've learned over time. Yo, and Weehan knows because Weehan would mess us up. Weehan said, uh, miss these talks on a daily basis. Yeah, man. I, I love the locker room. So San Jose was a was a great locker room. A lot of great guys there. Uh, Weehan was Weehan was one of them. Yo, Weehan, are you? Um, I know you're with Montreal. Did where where are you at now? Man, I, I think I checked your stuff a week or so. Dirk! Dirk enjoyed as well, too! What up, Dirk? In? MSL, baby! Uh, yeah, are you, where are you at? I checked to see what was update because I didn't see anything since you were with Montreal in preseason. So, okay, New Mexico United. That's what's up. Yo, guys! Give my man's We Hand a follow and Chris Durkin. I appreciate the support, guys, joining in on the live. Uh, these are the ones who've helped me develop the MSL through all these awesome conversations I have with everybody. Like there's so many perspectives and stories of all the guys and is a real big reason we, you know, we're doing perfect soccer because I'm looking forward to hopefully in these next couple months starting to get these guys in on the calls, um, having them join live so they can answer your questions, tell a little bit about your guys' stories and pull it all together from there. MSL captain. What's up, bro? We just started our MSLFC club. We're 100% win rate in training. We'll keep that going. Yeah, dude. I'm, give me a couple of months, Weehan, because we've we got the perfect soccer team. Man, the stuff we've been building is, is silly, but we're putting together some things to really get stuff uh, building and moving here too, as well as the perfect soccer mentors program. So I know I've talked with you guys a lot. Starting to, a lot of players are looking to get like personal individual consulting and like one on one um, one on one mentorship uh, like this. So I'll I'll be sharing that with you guys here soon. And for those of you who are interested, go to perfectsoccerskills.com slash B pro. Get on that email list, apply apply to work with us uh, while we build that out. Hey, sorry to interrupt, but if you've enjoyed listening to this episode and learning what it takes to increase your mental strength, well, how would you like to work with me one-on-one -on -one directly? Now you can with B-Pro Mentality. Head over to PerfectSoccerSkills.com slash B-Pro, that's PerfectSoccerSkills.com slash B-E-P-R-O to apply to work with our network of pro players today. All right, so let's see what we got here. Let's see. Okay, so some of the questions I got in from uh, the personal personal account. So it's like, uh, Danny, 
At Danny on Earth said, you down to be on the podcast whenever you're in L.A.? Of course. But I don't think we'll be in L.A. this year with D.C. I don't think we travel to the West Coast. So, Danny, we could do a, a like a call-in podcast if you want to. So, send a, send an email into contact at perfectsoccerskills.com and um, someone on the team will get that coordinated because we're building out the customer support, guys. Because um, there's a lot of questions and stuff coming in and... Um, I'm running out of time and mental capacity to get to you, everybody, but we continue on. Um, Chrisos asked, do you believe in the term you train the way you play? I, I don't think you train the way you play because I think, think a lot of players don't, don't take training as seriously as they do the game. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but I would like training to be hard and the game to be easy and by that I mean doing the work putting in the reps and and doing the extra that you need to do so that when you get in the game it's easy it's it's like it's just it's just doing what you already you always do um let's see Daily, daily underscore MLS asks, if you could go anywhere in the world, then where would you go? And, and I'm just going to assume you mean like just to travel for fun and anywhere my wife says we want to go. I'm not a huge, I'm not a huge travel bug, but when she, she usually puts together a trip for us and whenever we, wherever we go, it's, it's awesome time and I enjoy it. So like, um, we went to Costa Rica one time that was pretty fun and then for our wedding we went to, we did it in Nigeria so that was that was fun as well too um underscore poppy seed underscore 12 asks if you could change anything about MLS what would it be I think I discussed this I think I answered this before when I said I would if, if I could if it's changing one thing about MLS players I'd I would I'd want them to be more um I'd like to change the mindset they have when entering the league so that they're they're just as focused on their soccer career as they are their post soccer career. That's what I changed from like on that side of it. Um, at the let's say the MSL like the organizational level, I would I would change their uh, I would change their like investment model to include a better understanding of the value of the the domestic player because I think I think uh, with the attention the league is getting it can kind of it may, may start to go away from the core that I think the the true MLS fan base would be is interested in but then again I don't know what the the core goal and operating system of the league is i don't think that they've ever never uh they've i don't think that they've ever said that or at least i don't i don't know that they have so maybe what they're doing is perfectly aligned with what they set out to do and what they're continuing to want to do um <laughs> meme said he'd make simon borg the uh host of instant replay again i would too i would love one of you guys send me like the story as to why that's not the case anymore i feel like that was the only i won't say the only 
show, but I want to say the most entertaining show, definitely, because uh, his voice made you have to pay attention, and even if you're annoyed with how he's doing it, it was still fun and playful. So I think I think he played the I think he played the line really really well, and uh, I don't know what ended up happening to that show, and why it's not they're not doing that anymore. Let me see. Let me see. Thomas said, answer the question I sent you. So let's see, Thomas, did you send your question in here? Thomas, I'm not seeing it. Sorry, man. Maybe try sending it again. Uh, Instagram with an H underscore 72 asks, um, best stadium you have played in? Um... I guess like stadium in terms of atmosphere, if you're just saying like field and like the fan base, like where it's always pretty, it's always really consistent is I think um, Kansas City, Kansas City, I always like the field was always really great. Um, the, the, the field was always like really nice, great dimensions, great like surface level, uh, great speed of play. And then the stadium itself is really, is really nice. Um, it's really nice. I feel like they were one of the teams that really did went went really big on creating a really nice soccer specific stadium early early on. Um, what other? A uh, Toronto Stadium is really really nice. I, I enjoy Toronto Stadium a lot. Their field could be better, but it's difficult. I think with the with the weather and stuff. What else? Um. I think a lot of the soccer-specific stadiums, to be honest, are, are are good stadiums. I just think um, locations of some are are better than others, and um, it really just depends on the perspective that you're taking. I, I would assume that I haven't been to LAFC yet, but I'd assume like LAFC or Seattle Sounders game is probably more fun from the perspective of the of the fan than it is like the pro on the field because it's like turf in Seattle, so like. It's okay, but it's not the best. So, and then New England's turf is really, really tough. And that one's not good. So it really depends on the perspective you take, but there, there's something I like about every single stadium in the league for their own quirky reasons. Uh, the one known as Anthony S. I wish you said Avaya. Yeah, I would say Avaya Stadium is a really nice stadium. I, I like the stadium a lot, and it's... Um, it's obviously like a huge upgrade to the we were playing at Buckshaw Stadium, but for its location and where it is and what is there, it has so much potential. And I just feel like it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't live up to the potential it should, um, and because of that, I I don't I can't I don't put it up I can't put it in there. Even though you guys know me, I'm very uh, I'm as unbiased as I possibly can be. I I come with this most. Uh, objective um, perspective I possibly can when I'm talking about stuff even about clubs and organizations I've been a part of um, and yeah oh Thomas said I'm playing on Gillette in June it will be my first pro stadium because I'm only 12 well that's pretty dope I never played in a pro stadium until I went pro so you're already way ahead of me um, Let's see. Okay. Cool. 
So let me see what we got here. What's your Okay, Jeffrey asked, what's your favorite thing about the cruise stadium? Oh, man. I feel like the cruise stadium, the thing that I like about it is I feel like I've seen some of the same fans in the same seats for like years, years and years and years. And that's always stood out to me. And there's uh, there one kid who always was at the crew game. I feel like he was going to school. He was going to medical school. He sent me some emails. I'm having a, I can't remember, uh, guys, you know, I've like, I've probably, probably thousands of messages back and forth with, with fans and people over the years. So I, I'm really, really poor with names. I'm really looking forward to the day that I can like mentally project an image of someone because I see, I, I learn and I see visually, I'm a, uh, I see and think in pictures. So maybe sometimes you'll see me looking up. It's cause I'm, I'm thinking, I'm, I think through what people say. So if someone says something to me in words, I paint a picture with the words and then I'm cross-referencing the picture of that experience with something else that I think is similar that I've had an experience in and then I kind of overlap them and then I'm drawing a conclusion and by that I mean uh, that connection sparks a thought or an idea that I have and then I present and share that idea and I, I try my best to explain that idea in a way that People who learn audio, like audially, like through words. So some people see words and some people see pictures. Um, so then I try to convey the image in my head down to a very simple analogy through words that can allow the person who sees in words to at least see the picture I'm painting. So it's like how I can transfer the information, the image in my head over to you using words. Um, that again, like that's the first time I've ever like ex I think I've spoken through that like out loud, but in thousands and thousands of conversations and oh, tens of thousands of perspectives of individuals that I've that I've seen and heard and spoke to and created all these images of ideas and things that I've thought through and then gone and executed and try to work on and refine and through the process that I've I've shared with you guys, um, I then do my best to share on a a perspective based based with as as little bias as I possibly can considering the fact that all thoughts have to come from some type of some type of bias so that's why I end up going on the extremes of something so I think of the the most extreme best case scenario of something and then the most extreme worst case scenario of something and then trying to create paths that bring it back in the middle and then take take action in a direction that goes okay even if the worst absolute worst thing possible were to happen we still survive and we can move on and use that information, which ties to a question I think K9, you asked earlier about A-B split testing or it might've been someone else. A-B split testing in soccer. Then you look back, that's A. Now you come up with a new plan, that's B. And now you go and you attack. And then if it ends up, then you get the results of that and you look at A and you compare it to B and you go, ah, B was a little bit better than A based on whatever predetermined predetermined stipulations you put in place to justify that. So by that, what do I mean? Um, you can't know if something's successful or not until you define the results beforehand. Because if not, you're just guessing at what you're doing, you're doing something, and then when you got results, you're always gonna get results. You just won't know how to, since you haven't planned or set in motion uh, uh, rules as to how you'll assess those results, uh, it's 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 
a fool's was a fool's errand. It's almost like playing a game of soccer with no with no preset time frame for how long the game's going to be and no one's keeping score. The only reason you're playing that game is for fun. Well, that could be the only reason you're playing the game. But the guy next to you or girl next to you could be playing the game for different reasons. And that's what you need to understand if you don't understand that already. <laughs> okay, so for me, life is a game where there are rules, but only rules in certain places and rules are different in different places. And you can use the rules to your advantage now to set up the rules later. And some people are just playing for fun and some people are playing to win the game. And what happens is the result of the, all those things happening over a duration and period of time. So this is to more connect to the idea of A-B split testing is, okay, if you don't know what game you're playing or where you're at, define the rules of the game for yourself at least right now and use that as the basis for making decisions. And then you'll get some results. And then when you get those results, you compare those results to what you thought would happen or what you think should happen or whatever. And then you, you're wrong in many ways and maybe you're kind of right in some other ways or um, you think you're right which, you're, which makes you twice as wrong, but as you start to refine a new strategy and you implement that and you play this game and you keep going, eventually, you, uh, you create something that I could describe as close to truth um, as possible, or your truth. That's why here at Perfect Soccer, we only share our truth shared through personal experiences and we only teach you what we know and that what we know because we've done from ourselves through experience. So a lot of these times, when I'm, if I don't know, guys, there's nothing wrong with not knowing something. It's better to, it's better to not know something than to pretend you do when you don't. Because people who do know will see that when you don't know something, you'll pretend to know, which means they, that creates less trust and you might not even realize you're creating less trust in the person across from you because you're doing that. So if you didn't know that, hopefully that helps. It's all—it's just perspective. Their perspective, then based on your perspective, on their perspective. Ah, I forget which. There's a. So it's called the double slit, the double slit test, where they shoot, they shoot particles, they shoot particles at a. At a man. Look up the double slit test. So there should be a YouTube video or something on it that kind of goes you through that. But they're shooting particles at a wall with slits in it. And when they shoot the particles through at the wall, so let's say the wall, there's four slits in the wall, and they shoot one particle at a time. And when there's nothing, um, uh, when, there's, when there's nothing observing the particle accelerator, or the part, sorry, not the accelerator, it's, it's shooting particles. And shoots at one at a time. Doop, 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 doop. When there's nothing watching it, nothing observing it, and they shoot out that. When you look at the back of the wall, it's uh, it, it it almost as if it passes through in it, and it does it in like a, a wave pattern. It's pretty cool. So it does it in a wave pattern. But as soon as there's an observer, there's some there's a perspective observing the single one shooting through. 
when you look at the wall, it's a straight line. So it's every single shot goes through. So the act of observing alters reality based on the results of this test. So when you're thinking about it, when you're even thinking of observing from their perspective, from your perspective, from their perspective, from your perspective, you're altering the outcome of the dynamics of things, at least conceptually, the way I'm thinking, I think about it. So like, that's why we're in the MSL, guys. Um, thinking through all this stuff. Uh, oh, official memes asked, honest here, Quincy, have you ever dived? Yes, 100%. Mainly because sometimes, as you guys know, I'm a, I'm a physical player and I like to hold the ball up, but it still doesn't mean that I don't get fouled and guys don't just like kick the crap out of me um, because they get frustrated. And sometimes it's not a matter that the them kicking you or hitting you is enough for you to fall down, but it's enough to, it's almost like shooting a basketball. If someone slaps your hand while shooting a basketball, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't, it's not throwing you off. And that's another thing. I feel like basketball, basketball, real divers are basketball players. Those guys are like seven foot tall. They get touched in the fingertip and then they fall down and flop. So I feel like they, they've out, they've out mastered the soccer divers. But aside from that, um, Sometimes the only way, because the ref is so far from the play at times, the only way to show them, hey, I'm fouled, is to go down. Now, doing the whole, like, jump, flop, and roll around dive, no. I would say no. Like, I've definitely gone down when a kick wouldn't have taken me down, but it's to show the ref, like, listen, if, if he didn't kick me, I would have been, I could have got the shot off or it wouldn't have thrown me off, so. But it can be, it can be difficult because a lot happens for refs, so I've, I very much understand how difficult it can be for referees at sometimes. Um, maybe when I was younger, I'd give them a harder time, but now I just, I guess, I just understand their perspective too much to really get too angry. If I get kicked, if anything, I get mad at the guy who kicked me, and then I just try to have a conversation with the ref and be like, "Hey, listen, can you try your best to protect me or to prevent this from happening again?" And I think a lot more players could get a lot more out of their relationships with the referee in the field just by being respectful. And But some referees are a bit uh, arrogant and cocky as well, too. So, I mean, some refs don't actually make it easy to speak to them. So it's a balance of two. Let's see. Yo, what up, Steve? Steven underscore 450, welcome. Uh, we play at home. We play at home this weekend on Saturday. Guys, I think I got like seven minutes, seven more minutes. or uh, Actually, I might have ten because it started a little bit later because the first live didn't go through. Uh, the official, good, that's a good question. So what, what was the worst thing you've heard someone say to a ref? I honestly cannot tell you guys what the worst thing someone said to a ref is. Because some guys have said some really ridiculous things, like massively impress, impressive. To be, oh, to be honest, okay, so, oh man, when I, I don't remember what year it was. It had to be like 2012 or 2013 when I was with Colorado Rapids, and I was, I was, I was on the game. I subbed on for like the last five minutes, five or ten minutes, and I think I tackled the guy, and the ref gave me a yellow card, which I didn't believe was a yellow card. I thought it was a very soft yellow. I don't even remember the play, so maybe I'll. Why don't you guys go find these clips and go find this? <laughs> yeah, go find these clips. See if you can find this. But um, I think it was Toledo. He gave me a yellow card. And then five, 
I don't know how long I was in the game. I just know I was in the game long enough to hear the things that Pablo Mastroni was saying to the referee during the game, right? So the level of things I heard him saying to the ref gave me confidence in, oh, okay, this is how you speak to referees, right? Uh, or how you can, or how you can speak to referees, or that's the nature of it. You get what I'm saying? So like, this is the first time in, I'm in that situation where I'm, I think I'm paying attention, or at least I remember I'm paying attention hearing you, and. Um, once the game was over, I ran up to him and I was like, yo, you know that that call was BS. So I said BS, right? And which was much, much softer and milder than the things that Pablo was definitely saying at this time. So I thought I wasn't being disrespectful. I was, you know what I mean? I was obviously as frustrated and I shouldn't have cursed, but I definitely thought it was lower, lower than what I had just heard. And he looked me in the eye and he went, oh, you want to see BS? And he reached in his pocket and gave me a second yellow after the game and gave me my first red card. So I think that was my, yeah, that was my first professional red card. And I was like, I was completely like blown away. Like, hold on. What? Why? I, looking back, it's because I was young. Looking back, it was because I was young. And it's more like, who are you? Um, you're young. I'm going to teach you a lesson. And he gave me a red card. And that probably probably had a pretty negative impact for a while. I, I mean, I can't remember like what transpired after that, but I doubt I played for very long after that. and didn't help, but like I said, you live and you learn, and it's okay to make mistakes. You just bounce back from it. Something I would tell my younger self would be uh, what you're saying is right, but people don't want to hear that. That's something I couldn't understand for a really long time. So let's say, let's say an older person tells you, hey, you should save your money. Right? That's something that an older person would tell you. So... Because I listened to my elders, it's very cultural, right? At least for me, I was the firstborn son of a Nigerian immigrant father. Like, that's a Igbo culture. Like, firstborn, culturally, uh, elders, all that. That's very, like, that's big. So, for me, from my perspective in growing up, you know, you listen to what you, you listen to your elders, but for me, I also had a philosophy of, like, you listen to your elders, but they don't know everything. And it doesn't, it doesn't mean that you listen to them blindly. So that connects to what we talked about earlier. Like blind faith is never okay. Uh, good advice is listen to your elders, but not always listen to your advice. If the advice is always listen to your elders, then that's dumb advice. I think that's stupid advice because that's not true. Um, blind faith is dumb. Everyone, even elders, need to be questioned. Um, experts need to be questioned. And if they have a problem with being questioned, then I would question what they're telling you. That's for me. That's how I've looked at it. So, uh, a long, what took me a very long time to understand was that usually he, hearing the truth or saying the truth is telling the other person that they're doing something wrong and that, yeah, it's if you really break it down and look at it like that, by saying... By saying something like, if if this person doesn't save money, and I go, hey, you should save your money. 
I feel like I'm doing, I was doing them a favor because I'm like, hey, I'm telling you the truth. And, you know, this is what someone who I trust who really knows, like, I, is very successful. And they said, hey, you got to save your money. You got to do this. This is what I believe. This is what I'm doing. This is how I approach it. And I feel like I'm giving you valuable information because you're not saving your money. So if you're not saving your money, maybe you don't have that valuable person in your life or you, or you, or access to the understanding or information that I do. So I want to give that information to you. That was, that was how I was looking at it. That's how I saw it. It wasn't until later in life when you've had enough experiences and interactions with people that you realize that people don't see the world that way. And because they don't see the world that way, you saying something that's true may make them very angry and less willing to help you. And even in some cases, many people will conspire against you. So many people will be like, oh, you know, the coach is against me, the, my, fam my family is against me, my friends are against me. Yeah, they can be. Sometimes they are. And that's still, if you think about it, as a result of what I was doing. So like those people were conspiring against me. Why? Well, because I was telling them what they didn't want to hear. And we didn't have a deep enough relationship, at least from their perspective, for them to be willing to hear and receive that information from me. So because of that, I am now perceived as a threat, someone who is trying to take what they have or tear down what they've built, even though that's not the way in which I'm approaching it. The difference for me was, I, I think at the end of the day, the most important thing is your intention. And, and your intention over a long period of time will showcase what you truly meant even if what you're saying didn't match what you're saying. So like, you know, if your parents say this, uh, when parents are saying, oh, I'm parents who spank their children would say, this is gonna hurt you more than it hurts me. The younger kid could hear that over and over and over again, but may not understand what that means. Quincy Ameriqua here, and thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to share it with someone you feel will get some value from it. And if you could take a moment to leave a review of our podcast wherever you're listening and let us know who you would like us to interview next, we'll get working on it right away. You can re-listen to this episode and all our other interviews, episodes, and audio shows over at perfectsoccerskills.com slash radio. That's perfectsoccerskills.com slash R-A-D-I-O. You can also enter to win free weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash P-S-T-M. That's perfectsoccerskills.com slash P-S-T-M to enter to win for free today. Thanks again and see you guys in the next episode. Thank <laughs> you.